Welcome to the Audible presented by Verizon Dolphin fans. The 5G America's been waiting for is here. Only from Verizon. Learn more on verizon.com slash 5G. And remember, if you want to watch the Audible, you can see it every Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. on WFR, CBS 4 Miami. And you can download the podcast from all of your favorite streaming platforms on MiamiDolphins.com. As I said, Kimbo Camper, John Congemi, got a good show for you today. Our look back, we'll take a look back at the Dolphins and the Raiders game and what a miraculous game that was. Then we'll go ahead with our sit down. We're going to talk to Jason Sanders, who kicked the winning field goal. And we'll also uh, go behind enemy lines as we get ready for the Buffalo Bills and their game this week. And that is going to be a big, big game. And then finally, we've got X's and Bows. And we'll kind of take a look at playoff scenarios and all the different situations that are presenting the Dolphins going forward. But first, John, first John before we, uh, we do anything, we've got to take a look back at that game with the Oakland Raiders. And we do that presented by Morgan and Morgan Law. Uh, what a night. What a game. And, and John, it looked like one of those games going, going through three quarters plus that it was just one of those, you know, who wants to win this football game? You know, we're going to, we're going to struggle here. We're going to struggle there. It was just kind of a, a blah game. And then all of a sudden all hell broke loose and, and it turned out to be really, I've seen a lot of football games, John, you've seen a ton of football games, really one of the more remarkable comebacks that I've seen. It was awesome, Bo, to be on the right side of that game, you know, to win by one point after being down, I think it was 13 to six at halftime and both offenses kind of moved it, but didn't really do much. And I think much of the credit as much as the heroics late in the game by Miles Gaskin and obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mac Hollins coming down with the big catch. I think the Miami Dolphins defensively haven't gotten enough credit for what they did in the beginning of the game, middle of the game, uh, third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, where they kept the Raiders out of the end zone. You know, they were moving it. They had some explosive plays on the perimeter. Aguilar had his share and, you know, Waller had his share because he's one of the premier tight ends in, in the national football league. But I think the defense just keeping the score at bay, keeping it close was the key. And then obviously the injection of Ryan Fitzpatrick and what he did, you know, with those drives, taking the lead, uh, you know, get, re, regaining it and then getting in position for the game winner. It was just, well, I don't think I went, I got home around two o'clock. I don't think I went to sleep till about four 30 yeah. or five in the morning. I was just jacked up because the game was so good. That, that I, woke, was awesome. I woke up the next morning. I have to go. I had to kind of relook again and make sure I saw what, what, <laughs> what I saw the night before, but John, let, let's talk about the, the big decision. You know, you, you can talk about how the game went, the ebbs and flows and everything, but it came down to that decision in the fourth quarter when Brian, Brian Flores decided, Hey, look, we haven't, seen enough of this offense with Tua, we're going to put it on Fitzpatrick and give him the opportunity. And, uh, well, I, I don't know. I know there's Fitz magic, but there's got to be a little Flores magic too because made the right call. He's made the right call twice at the right time when it comes to the quarterback situation and making that switch. Yeah, I was going to say that, Bo. It's just not once but twice. You know, they're a, they're a half a yard away, quarter of a yard away from fitting that football in against Denver. And, and having a chance to either take the lead tight or take the lead at the end of that game. And I think Brian Flores did the right call. He made the right call. And I think he's making the right call moving forward because yeah. Tua Tungavailoa is going to have to, at some point, not look over his shoulder and be able to carry this football team. But now's maybe not the, not the time. I don't know if he's, if he's well-equipped with the arsenal around him to make him flourish the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick and his veteran 
presence and his experience is able to maneuver the football, maneuver players around. You know, Dan Marino used, used to say when, you know, whoever got the last tap on the butt leaving the huddle when Duper and Clayton and Nat Moore were in the huddle, those guys were going to get the football. There was a pretty good chance. I think when Fitz, when he breaks the huddle, he's telling Miles Gaskin, hey, look for the linebacker coming on the blitz, but if not, I want you to leak out. Hey, this one's coming to you, Mac, you know, or yep. hey, you know, somebody be alert, Mike, down the down the pipe. I'm going to look away and just fire. So be ready. Little things that when you're leaving the huddle, I, I think he has those those, you know, private conversations, those two second, yep. you know, blurps of giving information out that help the offense move the football. And I, I hope Tua bounces back against the Buffalo Bills. I hope he has a great game. And it wasn't that he played poorly. Uh, against the Raiders it just wasn't clicking enough for the Dolphins to win the game and I think a lot of credit has to go to Brian Flores for making that call yeah no doubt and, and I agree it was the right call to make and it's the right call to make to get uh, Tua back because Tua is your long-term guy and 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 and, and look and, and you, you I think we're fortunate I, I mean look at look at what's happened in Washington and their quarterback situation up there now you know they let their let their quarterback go that they drafted with the 15th pick and then now here's Tua who could you know, who could be one of those guys that says, "Hey, wait, I'm I'm the guy. I'm not, you know." But you know, he he's he's you know his attitude is, "Look, I'm a team guy. Whatever it helps to make the team win, Fitz is my guy." And and so the situation couldn't be more better for the Dolphins with the two players that that we're we're dealing with and talking about making these decisions. But that being said, you know, I had somebody uh, talked to somebody just just this morning, really, and they were going, "Well, geez, how come two is not playing like Burrow did, or he's not playing like?" Uh, you know, like um, the kid out in uh, San Diego or in, in, in L.A. Um, who am I, who am I, what am I, name am I missing here? Justin Herbert. And I said, well, you know what? I, I, I don't know, but, I, I, but, but when I look at Tua's offseason, it was spent rehabbing that hip and all that. Their offseason was getting ready for the combine, getting ready for training camp, throwing footballs, throwing to receivers, all this and that. Tua missed out a lot on a lot of that. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Tua next year with a full offseason, you know, much like Mike Gusecki from year one to year two. It's like Christian Wilkins from year one to year two. Big improvements. So I think I think maybe people are being a little too tough on Tua at this point. Bo, I think you have to take snapshots of what Tua has done in his tenure as the starter for the Miami Dolphins. When you have a clean pocket, when the ball comes out on time, when receivers are coming out of breaks and the anticipation's there, Tua looks fabulous. It's when there's nowhere to go with the football or it's cloudy. When you hold the football, you get some pressure in your face. A lot of quarterbacks aren't going to deal with that very well. And I, I think Tua's done a nice job of not only being accurate down the field and short throws with the football, but he's protected the football. He hasn't just given it up. And, and I think that's that those traits are going to bode well for him next year, because as the offense opens up, as it becomes more developed for him, instead of just the offense or what this offense is this year, I think we're going to see him grow a little bit more from year one to year two, to your example, of Mike Kosicki or, uh, J or, or Wilkins on the defensive tackle spot. I think those types of growth spurts in terms from year one to year two to year three happen just naturally because we're picking you were picking very good players from good schools that have had good exposure against competition. You're going to see in the national football league. 
So yeah. I think that's going to carry over in an off season, a, a, a true training camp where you are the guy and you don't have to really look around. I think those will bode well for him next year, but it's important for him to, to get right back on the horse now against the Buffalo and be the starter and be prepared. And those expectations be very high because you're going to have to play a, a very good, a very good football team in a must win situation to win. John, now we talked about the quarterback situation and certainly that was a big story at the end of the game, but Boy, at the closing minutes of that game, Miles Gaskin, what, what a what a what a day he had! Eighty-seven yards rushing, eighty-two yards receiving, and boy, that that little kid, you know, they the Raiders go ahead, and you go, oh, geez, all right, this one's done, and then all of a sudden, it seemed they seemed like the exact plays that the Raiders made for the touchdown with the with Waller, and then all of a sudden, you hit the ball with Gaskin, makes a move, boom, there he goes down the sidelines. Touchdown, and uh, boy, what a game he had. 87 rushing, 82 receiving, and boy, what a, what a, what a nice welcome back for Miles Gaskin. It's very rare, Bo, this late in the year that you have fresh legs. And I guess, you know, being on the COVID list and being a little nicked up, and he finally gets an opportunity, does Miles, to get back in the lineup. And, man, he really made the most of his opportunity with yards after contact in the run game and, and catching the football out of the backfield, none bigger than that touchdown uh, on the check down where he gets two fabulous blocks by Mike Kosicki and Matt Collins on the perimeter that spring him down the sidelines. And I'm just yelling, run, you know, get in the end zone because you never know what touchdown was going to be the deciding factor. And, and miles had a, a terrific football game and it was nice to see and much needed out of the running game. Yeah. Two other guys you mentioned that were a big part of the, uh, of the, of the win, uh, Mike Gusecki and Matt Collins. I mean, Mac, you know, Mike just, you know, I, I tell you, I, you know, I've been talking about this all, all year long. Guys get hurt, and they and they just they 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 demand to get back in the game. And I think that's what Mike did. I, I think in a typical situation, Mike doesn't play, but here he's got a bad shoulder, goes out and four catches for fifty yards, fifty four yards, big catches. And, and then you got Mac Hollins, a, a guy that you know he's had his issues and dropped some balls, but boy, he's made some big plays and certainly makes one of the biggest plays of the game out there. So between those two guys and Gaskin. Um, where you talk about the guys that, that, that were really stars on uh, on the on that evening, those are the ones. Yeah, those are the guys on offense. You know, we've talked uh, about the quarterbacks, but how about the catch Kasicki makes down the down the seam, yep. uh, reminiscent of the one hander. This time he gets two hands on it and just extends that that catch radius was was I think extended to to the maximum, and right. he comes down with the football. And then Mac Collins bouncing back, you know, he had that quick slant down in the red zone. They probably could have cradled and, and got across the plane of the goal line for a touchdown, but then he bounces right back and catches that. Uh, I don't know what you call it. It was a parachute. It was the ball seemed like it hung up there for forever. Uh, Fitzy's getting, you know, he's thrown out of his ear hole and Mac had the presence of just kind of, you know, cradling the football and then dropping himself out of bounds to keep two feet in and then get out of bounds. So, Two huge plays for the Dolphins' offense, and and you add in a third with Miles and that yeah. catch and run. It, it was incredible offense at the end of that game. Yeah, Jen, Jason, get that 15-yard penalty, and Jason Sanders runs on, and, and really one of the uh, one of the finishes that you wouldn't run. We talk about the offensive guys. How about Van Ginkle, Van Noy? You're the yeah, <laughs> you know Van Ginkle in particular. Eight tackles, two 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 sacks. Van Noy came back in, played played really well. Um, so, uh, so the two, the two van guys, big part, but Van Ginkle, well, you know, he just, he just, John, he's, here's another guy 
another, you know, another year, and then he just gets getting better and better and better. And really he's established himself of one of the key players on this Dolphin defense now. Well, let's, yeah, let's give some credit to the scouting department and, and the, what those guys have done because, you know, you get the right guys and you get them maturing quickly in the National Football League and they're playing a lot in their first years. Well, look at the jump that Andrew Van Ginkle has made in terms of being able to step in for Shaq Lawson. You don't miss a beat. Actually, you, you get so much production that, you know, you're noticing him on a weekly basis. You mentioned the tackles, that he had two tackles for loss. And then a, a guy that really we haven't sung his praises enough this year, Jerome Baker, led the team with 10 total tackles. He had another sack. I think he's got a sack in the last three games. Yep. He, he's been all over the field. He's, a, he's the silent assassin. I mean, he just goes and plays his game, and you look at the stat sheet, and you go, he led the team in tackles again? Yeah. This is a guy that's over 100 tackles again in his uh, short career. So uh, you mentioned Van Noy. You know, you mentioned the play of X almost coming down with another yep. pick. The defense continues that turnover uh, consecutive games with that last play. So, uh, and then they get the fake punt, w- yeah. which really, you know, sparked uh, the Miami Dolphins when they needed to stay on the field. So, Vegelum uh, did a nice job on that, you know, running down the field. So, there was a lot of cr- uh, contributions, offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, it's funny. The Josh, the, the fake punt kind of got lost in the mix there. With everything <laughs> That's right. That's right. Time now for our sit down amplified by Hard Rock Hotel. Our guest today, Jason Sanders. Well, we're joined on the Audible by Jason Sanders. Jason, thanks for uh, for joining us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, it's been a uh, well. Let, let's let's kind of go back to the beginning. It's, it's been a pretty uh, a pretty interesting ride this season from the way you began and and how this team has progressed and gotten better every week and you kind of saw the offense doing things in the beginning and the defense kind of you know having to get caught up and and moving along and then all along and, and the whole time special teams has been a, a stalwart in this team so it's, it's been a it's been a different year but for you it's got to be a it's got to have been one of your more enjoyable years that you've had I would assume yeah um, I, I think I've done a lot of good things this year that it makes me reflect and think um, how good it's been. You know, this team's fun to be around. They bring a lot of energy every week. It's fun to watch the offense play. It's fun to watch the defense play. And it's fun to watch our special team units make plays. Yep. So all, all in all, I mean, the whole season's been been fun to be around. Well, it's it's really been a season, Jason. And, and you look at, at every game, you know, every game that you got, 10 wins right now. And you could look at those games and say, really, pretty much every one of those games – was won by all facets of the team, you know, offense, defense, special teams. You can't kind of – you can't really pull out a game there and go, geez, that side really stunk. And, you know, it just seems like it's been a very consistent, constant with with all three aspects of your team. Yeah, it makes it very special. This this team is very special to be around. And uh, it's exciting to get 10 wins. And we're going to see where it's going to go from here. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the you know you've been around this team for a while. You're one hard hard for you to believe. I'm sure you're one of the you're one of the old guys on the football team right now. But but you have been there for a while. What has made this team different uh, with the inclusion of of Brian Flores now for the last couple of years and, and what what's been going on there and, and and just the way this team has changed. I I just I can kind of see it in my and when I look at it, it's just the team is more more about a team. How do you feel about what's transitioned over these last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, you can see it every week. Every week, these guys show up and they're ready to work um, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday leading up to the game. So, I mean, the energy they bring throughout the week 
it makes it makes Sunday that much easier for the team. Um, I mean, when they prepare, prepare the way they do and coach the way they are, the, the team is set up for a lot of success. When we talked about the team a little bit, Jason, let's, let's talk about your season, a remarkable season <clears throat> that, that you've had, uh, that stretch of 20 straight field goals, all, all the things you've done. Um, really a, a very, very good season. And, and big kicks, big plays, a lot of different things that you've been involved with in this season. Um, I mean, I've been preaching this all year. I mean, it goes back to to the offseason. You know, the offseason when you're a kicker or a punter or a long snapper, you have the ability to work with each other. You know, you don't you don't need the offensive lineman. You don't need to work on protection. I mean, you, you work on snap, hold, and kick. So a lot of success comes from, you know, some of the work you put in the offseason. But just to add on to that, you take a rookie long snapper that comes in and stage isn't too big for him. He's, he's going out there and he's, he's giving us the snaps we need. And then Matt Hawk, one of the arguably one of the better holders in the league, if not the best. So I mean, you put those together, it makes my job individually that much easier. I don't have to focus on anything else but myself kicking the football. We've seen some pretty ingenious things out of Danny Crossman. Does he ever? Uh, do you ever kind of look at some of the things he throws up there? And go, eh, I'm not so sure about that one. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, you, you <laughs> take you take a guy like that that you've learned to trust over the years because of the success some of these plays have had. And so whenever he draws something up, I'm 100% buying in because we've seen, we've seen what, what some of these plays turn into. Well, that little, that little, I guess where everyone, I guess all the old school guys are calling it that little hook and lateral down there from, you know, I've seen it from, I've seen it from about 60 yards out. It's the first time I've ever seen it from, I don't even know what it was, seven or eight yards out. I think it's the first time I've ever seen one like that. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, just plays like that where you learn to trust anything that Crossman throws at you. Hey, um, talk about this season in the totality. I mean, we've talked about uh, your team, talked about how you've performed, but the the difficulties that you've had to face and the, and the league has to had to face to get to this point. I, I was kind of – I was kind of there at the beginning of the season, one of those guys saying, geez, man, it's going to be a miracle if they can get through with this a whole season with all the things, but they've done it so far. What's it been like for, for the players, for you guys? It's just been really different. Um, I think we're all incredibly grateful to be able to, to still be doing this right now in a time like this, but um, it's just different. Uh, you just take Zoom meetings. You're, on, you're at home. Like You don't go into work. You work from home. You know, I think – I think that's one of the hardest things to to uh, get used to is because I love that feeling of if I'm working, I want to be at work. You know, I don't want I don't want to work at home. I want to have that feeling of I'm at the facility. If I need something, I'm there. You know, I don't. I think that's just the the biggest thing. It's just it's just different. Yeah, yeah, it's good. We're gonna be real different for you guys, but uh, somehow you've been able to to accomplish it. Um, and, and talk a bit about your staff that, that, that have allowed you guys to, to get to where you are uh, with, with the success that you've had. Yeah, I think we have some of the best people in the, in the, in the nation just working for us. Um, you take our cafeteria, they, they work nonstop preparing meals for us. Um, our field guys, they're, they're doing an incredible job for us. Just the, the amount of hours the people that work in our facility are putting in just for us to, to be able to have a successful season means a lot. Hey, um, 
you know, it's, I, every time I see someone pop up on the Zoom, I, you know, nor, normally I would see you guys on a regular basis, somewhat regular basis, but I don't see you until I see you pop up in the Zoom. And you see all kinds of different haircuts, this and that, a lot of beards. How <laughs> do you keep track with all your guys? And Because I guess you, you maybe only see them once a week or twice a week or something. I don't, yeah, I don't a, know. But. I mean, Training camp, it's one of the biggest things of being able to know who your teammates are. So you get to see them in person, talk to them. You know, when you're on Zoom, some of the first time you see them is at practice. And, yeah. and I think it's hard to learn names when you're, when you're uh, working like that. Well, you look at the Zoom right now on NFL Zoom, and it looks like you guys have all been on, on stranded on a de- desert island somewhere. Everyone's got the beards, the long hair, the different looks, and people are trying different hairstyles and everything. Yes, I, I mean, I've always, I've always had a beard, yeah. but this year I've let my hair grow a little bit. I usually, yeah. I usually look pretty sharp with a haircut and, and keep it clean. But yeah, you know, with the intense protocol that you can't allow barbers inside the facility. And I want to limit who I see, you know, there's only one kicker on the team. So I want to personally limit who I see. So I don't really want to go out to a barber. I don't want to see people. I don't, if I don't have to see people and you know, just to be cautious. Hey, Jason, uh, like I said, you're, you're one of the, the long-term guys on this football team, and here you are. Uh, you got one game left with Buffalo. Or you win in Buffalo. You go to the playoffs, and Coach Flores talked last week before the Raider game. Hey, our, our playoffs started with that Raider game. You get that win. Now you got the game in Buffalo with an opportunity. Um, different feeling for you sitting in this position. I know back when that Pittsburgh, but I mean – this seems like a different year than that going into having the opportunity to go into the playoffs with some muscle behind you. Is it, how, how does it feel for you to a be in a position right here with one game left to win it? And you know, you're in it. There's still opportunities if you don't win it, but you'd like to win it, to get in it. What, what, what does it feel like for you to be in this situation now? Yeah, it's cool. Um, you have an opportunity to, to possibly go to the playoffs, but you still got to, you still got to take it, you know, you have this last game to finish up, but um, if we do make it to the playoffs, I mean, it'd probably be a great feeling. Um, something I've never been able to do in my NFL career yet. And you know, I'm excited to see what, what the future might hold. Well, you know, it's the, the one thing about the playoffs, you, you get in, you know, getting in is the big thing. Once you get in, you, you know, it's equal ground for everybody and it can happen. So it's a, uh, it looked great experience. How much are you looking forward to that? Very much. Um, I, want, I want to know that feeling, that feeling of walking on the field during a playoff game. Um, I can imagine it would be a little different. But, I mean, at the end of the day, my job is going to stay the same. You know, I can't, I can't let a stage be too big. Um, if you were to say one thing about your team as, as, a, as a group, uh, as, as, we, as we let you go here, and um, – with this team, I know you talked about it earlier, the camaraderie and, you know, and, and Jason, I, I kind of, been, I kind of watch, been watching this team and I, and I see guys, I see guys maybe get hurt a little bit, maybe before they wouldn't have come back and played. Now they go in and play and, and they don't want to see the doctor. They want to go. It seems to me like you've built the, they've built a football team. You guys have built a football team that's so concerned about doing the right thing for your teammates that you don't want to let them down. Guys don't want to let them down by being even missing a play or two during the course of a game. And to me, when I see that, I see a team and I see a team that's got great possibilities going forward. Yeah. This team's tough. They're tough. They're fighters. Everybody wants to help this team win. Um, If offense is struggling, defense is going to pick us up. If defense is struggling, offense is going to pick us up. Special teams is going to be there all the way. 
at the end of the day, I think this team just built the fighters. You know, there's good people on this team and not just good players, but good people in general. So this team's fun to be around. Well, Jason, it's certainly been fun for us to watch and looking forward to a big game this week. Looking for a big game from you <clears throat> this week in Buffalo and then move on from that and get a couple more games under your belt. That'd be a, an awesome deal. But uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, congratulations on a great personal year and congratulations on a great team year. And, hey, you know what? No, no reason to stop it now. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. Take care. Now it's time to go behind Enemy Lines, presented by Auto Nation, where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicle for cash now. Just visit autonation.com, and it's the Buffalo Bills, John. And I'll tell you what, you, you look around the, the landscape of the, of the National Football League, and, you know, there's the Kansas Cities, and there's the Green Bays, and get a lot of attention. attention. But, boy, I tell you, I look at the landscape, and I, I think there's nobody in the league playing as well as Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they're in the AFC East, Bo, because they are playing really well. Uh, you talk about those two teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was on, you know, they were on a roll until they lost a few in a row. But the Buffalo Bills uh, you have a young quarterback. They've got young superstars on this football team. They have one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game in Stephon Diggs. So you get a team that has a lot of confidence. You get a team that was expected to be at the top of the AFC East uh, in all the preseason uh, polls and all the guys that talk about it nationally for a living, and they're there now. Uh, they're, they're there at the end of the year, and the Miami Dolphins are going to have to play a well of a football game, uh, not to knock them off the throne, but to get into the playoffs, and, and you hope that they can, they can pack what they did against the Raiders on the road and, and have some, some of those heroic moments left over for the Bills. Well, the easiest path, easiest path to the playoffs is take care of yourself. Going to take care of your business. Forget about all the other scenarios, and we'll talk about them later on in the program. But, uh, the, you know, you've got to sit right in front of you. Go up there, win the football game. Easier said than done. You look at Josh Allen, 4,000 yards, 30 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions is all. He's got some rushing touchdowns, two, six, or seven. I forget how many he's got there. Stephon Diggs, 111 catches, five touchdowns. This guy is, is you know, incredible. You know, you got Cole Beasley in there, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, uh, and an offensive line. And, John, these there's a football team that's been like this forever, John. You're going to, they're going to win or lose at the line of scrimmage, and they always have a strong line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, certainly in that offense that they've got going. Very, very good offensive line. Well, I think they know who they are, Bo, and, and that's probably the most important thing for an offense. You're going to scheme towards what your players do well, and the Buffalo Bills are, are big and nasty up front. They combine with uh, Singletary and Zach Moss to go over 1,000 yards. You get the rushing, as you mentioned of Josh Allen from the quarterback spot. And then you have speed. I think John Brown's going to be back on the outside. McKenzie, a local guy from South Florida, that gives you the speed. Cole Beasley's a, a guy that reminds you of Jakeem Grant, maybe not as fast, but has those quick twitch moments that separate from defenders. And it's easily seen by the quarterback. And Josh Allen trusts him over the middle and, and getting the football out on the outside. So you've got an offense that is, uh, not reliant really just through Stephon Diggs in the passing game. These guys like to spread it around. Now Diggs is going to get his share, but it, you know, Josh Allen does a nice job of distributing the football all around. So when you look at Josh Allen, you know, we, we saw him early and, and there was kind of a, a rough version of Josh Allen. Uh, we, he's always been able to run. I think he, he, he ran, he ran against the dolphins, ran him over for a couple years. Uh, but his throwing game, his passing game has really matured. 
his accuracy is, is improved. He's always had a strong arm and, and, and he looks really comfortable back there within him, within his skin playing the game. And, and, uh, and he's, he's very, very impressive. I, I'm impressed with his whole skill set. I mean, yep. he's a big, strong, athletic quarterback that can take over a football game. You know, you look around the National Football League, there's, there's not a whole lot of them that can, that can both beat, beat you with their legs and their arm. And then lastly, I think he's a smart quarterback. I, I think he knows when he wants to tuck it and run. He knows what he can get out of those legs. He knows when he can push the football down the field. And I think his maturity shows because when you have better players around him than he did as a rookie or in his second season, you're able to, you're able to feel better about what you want to do. You can bounce back from a, a bad throw or a pick or a mistake, knowing you have guys that are going to get open and that's going to make your consistency and, and your percentage go up as a quarterback, just because you're getting bigger windows to throw the football for uh, down the field or in that, in the intermediate. So I think Josh Allen, I mean, the Buffalo Bills knew what they wanted. It might not have happened right away, but the quarterback they have now is, is much improved yep. from the day that they drafted him, and he's a threat to any defense that he faces. No doubt. Speaking of defense, uh, that, that defense is, um, is, is very solid. You look at Jerry Hughes up front, the defensive end, he's been a, he's been a thorn in the Dolphins' side. seems like he's been there for 15 years. I know it. Always been a thorn in the Dolphins' side, and then they pick up – Tremaine Edmonds, uh, the middle linebacker, and boy, he is just a uh, he is just a ball player from sideline to sideline. Uh, makes the calls, very active, very very athletic guy. Uh, Tre'Davious White, uh, the cornerback, Micah Hot, Micah Hyde back there. They, they, so as as good as they are on defense and offense, John, they're just as tough on the defensive side of the football. They've got a, a lot of very good players. Defensive front is going to be sound. They can do a lot of different things uh, out there. And uh, and so they're 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 gonna they're not gonna be an easy football team defensively to move the ball against. It's gonna take the best of the Dolphins and what they can offer on Sunday. Oh, I look at this team much like the Miami Dolphins defense. They have strength in the secondary. They can man up no matter who they play, and they feel like they can get to you with their front seven. Uh, they rally to the football. Uh, you mentioned Poyer; he has over. Uh, 115 total tackles. He leads the team, I believe. He has two interceptions. Uh, Micah Hyde back there. You know, you have two bookend safeties, much like the Dolphins. They can play man on a tight end. They can they can play close to the line of scrimmage. They tackle really well in space. And then you got White, Tredavious White, who leads the team in interceptions with three out on the corner, much like, you know, Xavier Howard uh, that leads the team and really leads the National Football League. He's a ball hawk. When he gets his opportunities, he's going to be able to come in step up and make the play. So you've got a guy in the middle and Tremaine Edmonds that's very dominant. He can run sideline to sideline. He can rush the passer. Uh, he's very, very strong and, and very a big body, but athletic. I think he's only like 20 or 21 years old. It seems like he's been in the league for two or two or three years. And yeah. he was, I think he was 18 when he was drafted maybe. So it's one of those teams that remind me on, on defense of the Miami Dolphins. They run, they hit, they, they squeeze the pocket and they can turn the football over. So you have to be very good on the line of scrimmage. It's going to be a game that reminds you of the Denver Bronco game. If the Miami Dolphins don't take care of business up front, the Buffalo Bills will manhandle you and they'll push you around. And you have to, you know, fight that force with some execution up front. Yeah, this may be one of those games that whoever wins the battle of third downs, you look at the Dolphins and how well they play defensively, 
I think they held the Raiders to, to no third down. To the donut. Donut. That's right. To the big donut. And, and, and if you could keep, you could keep that Bills fan off uh, Bills team off the field on third and long and third, third down situations and convert offense. So a lot of things, but this, 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 this is going to be a tough, tough game. Two very good football teams playing for a playoff for the, the, the Bills are in Dolphins need this for the playoff berth. And, uh, but it's uh, it's going to be a very, very, very good game to watch, John. It'll be an exciting game and a lot on the line for the Miami Dolphins. And, uh, you know, some of those keys up front for sure. Line of scrimmage, you know, who can win on third down? Buffalo offense, very good. The Dolphins lead the league in getting off the field defensively on third down. So uh, there, there's a lot of game gamesmanship inside of, you know, just uh, what, what they do with explosive plays. I, I think the Dolphins are – they're going to be – ready to play they just have to have a couple of those explosive plays on offense happen a little bit earlier than than wait until you know four or five minutes left in the game like they did last week i don't don't know if my blood pressure can take another i don't know you're right bo all right time now for x's and bows and john uh, we know that if the dolphins beat the buffalo bills they're in the playoffs if not they get into the mix of the jumble of this team's got to win that team's got to win and the way I understand it right now, and I'm usually one of those guys that says, you know what, I don't even want to know. Let's just go win the football game, put it behind us, and move on. But So if the, if the Dolphins win in Buffalo, they're in. If the Steelers beat the Browns, um, a Steeler win over the Browns, a Bengal win over the Ravens, a Jaguar win over the Colts, and the Dolphins are in. So any one of those three teams, Steelers, Bengals, and Jaguars lose, then the Dolphins are in. That's the way I understand it. I agree with you, Bo. And, and the easiest way, the easiest way for the Dolphins to take care of their own business is, is to win. Yeah. And that's the one that you, you want to look out for the most because the Dolphins can control that. They they have they don't have to worry about the Pittsburgh Steelers and if Ben Roethlisberger or uh, you know Smith Schuster's gonna play or how they're gonna play on defense, if Watts gonna play. Uh, because they've already have it wrapped up and the Browns have everything to play for. The Browns probably much in the situation of the Miami Dolphins. They have to win the game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the Dolphins, if they can take care of business on the road, and the good thing is, Bo, you're going to a stale environment. Yep. You, you know, there's no fans. Uh, you're going up there. You don't have to worry about communication. You don't have to worry. The only thing you really have to worry about is weather. So, yep. so supposedly tomorrow is going to be a, a nice balmy day for Buffalo yeah, right. in, in the month of January. So it'll, it shouldn't be that bad. Uh, so that's the easiest way. And that really, since the Raider game, that's the only thing I think I've been concentrating yeah. on and probably every player in that locker room, just win yep. uh, to, to take a, a Raider phrase, just win baby. And you're in. Yeah. When you look at the Dolphins, I mean, you know, you look at this football team, they wouldn't won nine, 11, get nine of 11 games, 10 of their last 13 games. So this is this is not a fluke by the by the Dolphins. They're they've got 21 consecutive games with, with a takeaway. So they're doing all the things that allow you to win. And, and that that kind of John, all that to me, all those numbers, everything that this team has done, the changes in positions, the players that come and go, has all been dress rehearsal for the most important game of the year, and that is Sunday in Orchard Park against the Buffalo Bills. If there's anything you guys got to do. You've got to go out and win that football game. That's just the way you've got to look at it. And like you said, forget about everybody else. And I remember, remember being in those situations with, with Coach Shulman. and said, look, I don't, even want to, I don't even want to know about that. All we got to do is go out and take care of our own business. 
And that's what the Dolphins have to do. And, and, you, and you look at the character of this team, John, I and, mean, you know, when you kind of look at it in a whole, this has probably been one of the more consistent teams that I've seen in the course of a year when it comes to playing all three phases of the game each and every week. I can't, it's hard to really look at a game and say, geez, they're, they're horrible there. Special teams would be, you know, you know, there's some different, but, but for the most part, this team has been complete from start to finish so far. Their level of consistency has been above average for the entire season. And I think that's, that's a trait that you have to give the coaching staff a lot of credit for. Brian Flores and his assistants and his coordinators have done a terrific job of preparing this football team to win. And I think the players with that next man up mentality, and they've taken it to the extreme with a lot of the guys that have been injured, that have had some nicks and bruises, guys have stepped up both at the skill position, in the trenches, and on special teams that have done a magnificent job to keep this team in the playoff race. And, and Bo, if you would have told me before this season, you would, you would have 10 or 11 wins and not be, guarantee a playoff spot. I said, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, first of all, I didn't think the Miami Dolphins in year two under Brian Flores would even get close to double-digit wins. Well, we're sitting on 10 right now, and you're hoping for 11 that get you in the playoffs. I didn't think that was possible. Uh, so the Miami Dolphins, they've got a good thing started here now. They've, they've, they've put together and they've strung together a bunch of good play. They need one more week to, to get that momentum going to carry themselves into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And, and John, the other, one of the things, the other things you look about at this football team is the, is the leadership of, of Brian Flores and, and his staff. I and mean, let's not, you know, we, we talked about the coordinators last week. Uh, but there's a there's a bunch of position coaches out there that have, that have been doing a job, and and the way the way that he, Chris Greer and his staff have built this team, and then coached this team and given them the personality that they have, um, is is well, I tell you, it's 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 we've been waiting a long time for uh, for 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 a general manager and a coach like that uh, to to put a team together, and it's well, it's, it's great to be there with them. Well, I think they've set a level of expectation. And I think that players know whether you're a starter, whether you're in a, a, a backup role, whether you're in a reserve role and just a special teams guy, you're one play away from being the starter. You're one play away from getting extended playing time. And the level of play that has been set by the staff and their head coach and, and the entire organization, I think is, is felt throughout the team. And when, it, when one injury happens at wideout or tight end or at a defensive back or at linebacker or defensive end, the next guy steps up and he knows the level of play is not going to drop. The expectation is not going to drop. And I think that's what, what has made this team a team, what has made them solid, what has made them consistent, and is what hopefully will get them 11 victories uh, tomorrow in Orchard Park against the Bills. That level uh, has been the bar's been raised yep. in, in Miami, and it's been raised because of uh, ownership and, and leadership of this head coach. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's been a great season, and hey, let's, uh, hey, John, let's keep it going. You know, that's right. One more, one. another one or two games wouldn't be bad. That would be great. Once we, once you get in, you never know, Bo. Uh, that, that I tell you what, that that's it. I, you know, I remember the first time that my first playoff game I played in, we lost. I got oh, geez, and then. Then also we got to play next thing you know, we'll, what? We win one more and win the Super Bowl. So yeah, it, it's a, it, it, uh, anything can happen, like you said, in the playoffs. And, and hopefully something will happen good for the Miami Dolphins this week. Get them in the playoffs and let the chips fall where they may. 
All right, John, been a pleasure being with you. Same here, Bo. Good luck on Sunday, man. All right, you too. That's going to do it for the Audible today. For John Kajemi, I'm Kim Bocamp. And remember, the Audible is presented by Verizon Dolphin fans. The 5G America has been waiting for is here. Only from Verizon. Learn more on verizon.com slash 5G. And you can watch the Audible every Saturday night, 7.30, WFR-TV, CBS 4 Miami. You can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and miamidolphins.com. Stay safe. Have a good week. Go Dolphins. Beat Buffalo. And we'll talk to you next week.